Again, last Lord's Day morning of study in John chapter 1, and I want us to turn there into John's Gospel, John chapter 1 and verse 1. We'll be dealing with this verse. May the Holy Spirit, who moved upon men to pen these words, be our teacher and guide. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we come now in awe and wonder as we consider this, your sacred word. The word made flesh, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who bridged that great gulf, took on flesh, bearing our sin and the guilt and the condemnation that should have been ours and was rightly ours taking it upon yourself on the cross. Oh, we've sung amazing love and love beyond comprehension. We worship you and praise you for it today. Lord, we realize that all of our faith rests upon the deity of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who, the eternal Son. And we pray, Lord, that as you came to show us the Father, to show us the infinite, the incomprehensible apart from your coming to earth. We pray that even now your spirit, whom you've left here to teach us and lead us and guide us into all truth, may he perform his ministry in our midst, showing, convicting, wooing, cleansing, implanting the seed, the miraculous unseen work of the spirit that is at work wherever God's people meet and your word is preached. You said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to me. And so, Lord, by our praises and by the preaching of your word today, we desire to lift up Christ and him alone. Oh, bless us, we pray. Come near us as we come to your table, remembering the sacrifice on our behalf. We pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. The opening words of the Gospel of John are some of the most sublime, authoritative, descriptive, and all-encompassing of any written in any language. They remind us of the opening words that we read in the, the first chapter of the epistle of the Hebrews. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the Father by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory, and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. As the opening verses declare with all the authority of heaven that God created all things, as the opening verses of Genesis do just that, the opening verses of John's gospel declare that Jesus is God, that he is the very son of God. Our words written or spoken reveal our thoughts, our beliefs, what we love, what we know, what we think. Here, God the Father reveals his mind to us in no uncertain terms, with the simplest of words and yet so profound by the word, the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus declares in John 14, 9, he that hath seen me, hath seen the Father. 
Do you want to know what God is like? Do you wonder at the infinite God of creation, what He is like? Look to Jesus Christ and you'll see the Father. Warren Wearsby writes, A word is composed of letters, and Jesus Christ is the Alpha and Omega, the first and last letters of the Greek alphabet. And the text in Hebrews 1 declares that Christ is the last and final word from God to mankind. We often hear of people who are seeking a fresh word from God, a new word, something else, something different. I always shudder when I hear that, that error. Because Jesus Christ is the yea and amen. He is the final word from God. There will be no further word from God until Christ comes again and dwells among us and rules and reigns throughout all of eternity. God has spoken. and We look to the word made flesh. John presents no argument to the Gnostics whose heresy was already infiltrating the church in his day. Who heretically taught that Jesus didn't take on a literal human body at all. He declares plainly and finally and fully that Jesus is God. John knows it as a fact. Here's one who's observed and seen and walked with him and talked with him and saw him at work and saw him at rest and saw him on the cross. There he was in that crowd when, when Jesus Christ looked down and committed the keeping of his mother to John. He saw him in his transfiguration He saw him in his resurrected body. You're hearing from a human writer under the leading of the Holy Spirit telling you what he knows. In fact, he's telling you beyond his own experience because, see, the Holy Spirit is revealing to John what happened in prehistory. What happened before there was a world, before creation. The deity of Christ, that he was God and is God, is the absolute foundation of the Christian faith. Oh, how it has been attacked down through the ages and is attacked even in our own day. There is infinite eternal truth that transcend all human comprehension here before us in this first verse. Precious, sacred things that only believers can know. John lifts the veil of the unseen and shows us what lies beyond time. That our Lord Jesus Christ had no beginning. Before anything was created, there was the Creator. Notice that John tells us that the Word was with God. Every word is succinct and purposeful. The Word was with God. This speaks of the Trinity, that the Son of God, the Word, is a separate personality, though linked and co-equal with one with the Father and the Spirit. Jesus Christ always was and always will be God. Though the Son, the Godhead truly and openly is revealed to us when we gaze upon Jesus Christ. We could not ever comprehend our personally known and unseen spirit. The Bible tells us, our Lord himself tells, as we'll study in chapters to come to the woman at the well, God is spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. So God the Son graciously took on a body and showed us the Godhead. In the beginning is literally in beginning because in the Greek, there's no determinate article there. In beginning. This then is the beginning of all beginnings. John 1.1 records that which predates, which precedes Genesis 1.1. Genesis records 
records for us, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And it begins with creation as we know it. John 1.1 reaches vastly far back than Genesis 1. And goes back before there was an earth or light or atmosphere or universe. And declares, in beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. He is eternal. Without beginning and without end. Timeless. Endless. The eternal son of God. What a glorious harmony is shown to us here. He prays in chapter 17. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self. With the glory which I had with thee before the world was. Here the deity of Christ, that Jesus Christ was and is God, is forever and without dispute, utterly declared. The one described, portrayed, painted for us, revealed to us in this gospel is none other than God. In the beginning was the Word. In the Greek, there are two different words that are used for the word was. Our English language is so very limited in its descriptions. The two words. In verse 3 we have one of them. The, the Greek word egento. Which means came into being. In verse 3 in the Greek. Would read all things came into being. And without him. Not even one thing came into being. Which has come into being. In verse 6. When speaking of John the Baptist's birth. Again that word egento is used. There became to be a man sent from God whose name was John. It's used again in verse 14. And the word was made or came to be flesh. But back in verse 1, there is a different Greek word for was. It is the word ito. It literally means to exist. In verse 1, we could say in beginning existed the word of God. As the word, he did not come into being or have a beginning. The Son of God is as endless and timeless and as eternal as God the Father and God the Spirit. In beginning, he existed. He was alongside and with God from eternity. The Holy Spirit uses this Greek word up to to four times in the first two verses of the chapter. Personally, literally, God the Son is as eternal as God the Father In God the Spirit. We might ask. Why does John. Under the leading of the Holy Spirit. Refer to the Lord Jesus Christ. As the word. Here alone is this picture. Revealed to us in the scripture. It is so different from the other gospels. When you come to John's portrait of Jesus Christ. He immediately introduces us. To the Savior. Not as the other gospel writers do. Through his background. His his lineage. Or through his birth, which are all true. But here he introduces us to him as the word. As we saw in Hebrews chapter 1, God hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son. Christ is the first and last word from God. There were the Old Testament prophets. The word of God came to them in olden times. Over and over again throughout the Old Testament you read... And the word of the Lord came. And the word of the Lord came. Christ is the last spokesman of God. He is God's alphabet. Alpha and Omega. The one who reveals to us what we could never ever know had he not come. 
This final word, this word in the flesh who is the very epitome of the Godhead who tells us precisely what God has to say on earth. Do you know what, want to know what God has to say? Go to God the Son and ask Him. He tells it. He lives it out. He shows it in, in undeniable terms and ways and words. In Luke chapter 9 and verse 34, at, at Jesus' glorious transfiguration where his few of his disciples see him revealed to them in his future glory and his preview, if you will, of what he will be like. And the Bible tells us, while he thus spake, there came a cloud and overshadowed them and they feared as they entered into the cloud. I'm sure they did. Can you imagine such a, a thing taking place? And there came a voice out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved Son. This is my precious Son. Hear ye Him. We are to bow low at Jesus' feet. And seriously consider, hear and heed all that He says. Uh, Look at all that He does. For there we see the Godhead on display. Jesus Christ, the Son, has clearly and ultimately shown us what God is like and what He desires, and what He has said, and what He must do, and what sin is, and how life should be lived, and what, how one would attain eternal life. We're going to follow our Lord in interviews one-on-one with people, and there will be revealed to us the glorious mystery of the new birth, conversion. We'll hear from Jesus Christ what it means, not from someone else, but from Christ Himself. A.W. Pink says, Christ then is the one who has made the incomprehensible God intelligible. We can see by faith and through the written word a person, someone who has a body, who weeps, who walks, who talks, who is among us. So Christ so graciously did what no angel could do, what no other person can do. Only the Godhead could come to us in this way. And so God the Son, for a period of time, laid aside His glory and took on a body like our bodies to show us God, to show us eternity, to show us our sin, and to show us salvation. Just as the Holy Scriptures are the Word of God, so is Jesus Christ, His Son, the Word of God. The Bible reveals to us the mind of God, the will of God, what He is like, what He requires. This is what Jesus Christ the Son does on behalf of the Father. And the Holy Spirit takes these things and shows them to us. These things can only be revealed to us by the Spirit. We do not study Jesus Christ as a textbook. Though He is a Word, He is the final Word. The understanding of Him and the mysteries of of Jesus Christ and the Godhead must be shown to us by the teacher. The Bible tells us, our Lord will tell us in this very book that we're going to study, I must go, I've been with you for a while, I've shown you God, I'm going to pay for your salvation and redemption's price, but I will not leave you as orphans. I will not leave you as comfortless. I will send another just like me. The same meaning that we see there in Hebrews 1, the express image, the Spirit of God is the express image of the Son of God. He 
is with you and will be in you. He will lead you into all truth. He will show you all things. He will bring to mind whatsoever things I've taught you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. This, the Spirit of God, must do before we can understand who Jesus is or our sin or what salvation is. This is what Jesus Christ does on behalf of the Father. The Word tells us what we need to know and of God and His will for us. It communicates to us what we would not know otherwise. I was speaking with a man recently who was very burdened by his sin. He had heard me preach on television. He made an appointment to come see me. And he told me that he worshipped God in nature. And he went on and went and showed, told me how he worshipped God. And I share with this precious man, I, I, I share with him, you know, nature, the heavens do declare the glory of God. You only have to look at the sunset or the expanse of the sky and think of the eternality of God. I can tell you sometimes when I have traveled in the morning, in the wee hours before the sun rises, on dark nights when I've often come to pray with people in the hospital, when I reach a certain point on the, the, the highway there where all is blackness and it seems that there's, there's nothing around me, I sense such an overwhelming presence of the eternity of God and feel so small and meaningless and powerless, powerless apart from Him. And I shared with him, while that certainly is true, we can be overwhelmed by God's majesty through his creation, even the darkness that God has created. You can never know of God savingly apart from his word, apart from the work of the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Please, God, by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. He must be exhorted and explained and lifted up and shown by frail human beings, as God has ordained. Go to the Word to find the Savior. In Christ, the Godhead is revealed as fully and completely as we can know Him this side of heaven. Look for nothing else. He is the complete and total final revelation of God. The Word was with God. Speaks of the perfect fellowship they enjoy. Jesus declares... In, in Proverbs 8, verse 30, where the wisdom is personified, then I was by him as one brought up with him, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him. In that chapter in Proverbs, wisdom is personified, and it's really an Old Testament description of the Son of God. The Word was with God. God speaks of the Trinity, whereas the Father speaks of the first person of the Trinity. The Word from eternity past was in perfect harmony, fellowship, existence with the Godhead. The Gnostics taught that Christ was simply an emanation or a source proceeding from God, like light or heat emanates from the sun. And they erroneously taught, that's all that Jesus Christ was, just a source, a light or, or some kind of force coming from God. Oh no, oh no, that's not the case at all. Dr. Phillips says here, all things. The Greek word refers to all things individually, all things separately. It is it's reference to the infinite detail of creation. The scientist takes out his or her telescope and focuses it on the reaches of space 
out there are distances so vast that a special unit of measure is needed with which to express those concepts. The astronomer's yardstick is a light year. The distance of light travels in one year at 186,273 miles per second, the equivalent of encircling the Earth at the equator seven and a half times. Our sun by that yardstick is eight light minutes away. But out there in space are suns and stars believed to be billions of light years away. Nor can we count the stars or guess how many billions there are. He goes on to mention a man whose name is Nathan Wood. Who, who, he says he's shown that all these relationships reflect the relationships between the Godhead. When it comes to the relationship of past, present, and future in the realm of time, he produces a startling array of facts. He writes paragraph after paragraph and then substitute the word God for the word time. The word father for the word future. The word son for the word present and the Holy Spirit for the word past. Then he rewrites these paragraphs, inserting the exchanged words. The result is a perfect description of the relationships of the three persons of the Godhead to one another. It is an awesome proof of the Trinity. We do not express this amazing Trinity mathematically by one plus one plus one equals one. No, we express it in this way. One times one times one equals one. To know God, to understand him, we must first know Christ. In chapter 14, verse 9, he declares, He that has seen me has seen the Father. The word is a person, not just a force emanating from God. Part of the great sacrifice our Lord made for us, which we can never fully comprehend is his leaving the presence of his Father, a perfect fellowship, a delightful existence he had eternally enjoyed. Charles Wesley so beautifully pins it for us. He left his Father's throne above, so free, so infinite his grace, emptied himself of all but love, and bled for Adam's Helpless race. Amazing love. How can it be that thou, my God, shouldst die for me? As we come to this memorial table today, we're reminded of his great sacrifice for our sin. We can never come without being reminded of the greatness of our sin and the greater sacrifice, grace, Greater than our sin. His coming to earth to pay the price to redeem us. To save us by his free, lavishly given grace. As Isaiah tells us, Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised. For our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have all turned, every one, to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity 
of us all. O gracious Heavenly Father, we marvel that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That person of the Godhead that we love and adore and we sing about because you came to us. You showed us yourself. You revealed to us what we could have never seen. Lord, you have shown us our sin. But more than that, you've shown us the Savior. We praise you just now for your amazing work on our behalf. We worship you and praise you. In Jesus' matchless and precious name. Amen. Would you turn to page 316 as we stand together and sing, O sacred head now wounded, page 316. Let us stand together and sing. Thy blessing. 